by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Well, we started this new series called Bigger on the Inside. Last week I thought was some really good teaching, if I do say so myself. Because I don't feel like it comes from me. I feel like it comes from the Lord. I, I certainly don't want it to come from me. I pray and try to hear from the Lord. Tonight we're going to move on. Uh, last week was called No Longer Slaves. Coming out of that slave mentality that many uh, the Israelites had when they got saved out of Egypt. They crossed over. But they never went into the promised land. And that's where many of us are. We've We've given our heart to Jesus. We've been saved and delivered out of slavery. But we haven't moved into the better things of God yet because we still have a slave mentality and don't understand our covenant promises and all the, the goodness that God wants for us and has for us. A uh, quick recap. It's time to shed that slave mentality because God wants to bring us into the land flowing with milk and honey. We said that God alone, he's the one that sets our boundaries. You know, he's the one that's says that this is as far as we can go and no more. It's not the devil. He has no say in how much we can do for, for God. God gives us our abilities and our gifts and our callings. Um, we said that we, if we can't see it, we can't be it. Because God gives us the vision, but he wants us to look up. He told Abraham to look up at the stars. And that's how many of your descendants will be, you know. And he told him to look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. As far as you can see, I will give it to you. What can you see for your life? It's what God is trying to expand on us here in this series. When we make God big, it makes us big. Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. When we make him the big deal, it makes us the big deal on the inside. And the giant that you're facing in your life right now, whatever it may be, whether it's in the financial realm or it's in a relationship or with your marriage or with your children, your job, whatever you're facing, whatever giants you're facing, the God that's on the inside of you is bigger than that. And he can give you the victory. And he wants to give you the victory because he's a victorious kind of God. He's a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Little David didn't come at Goliath in his own strength, in his own name, but he came in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies. He knew how victory was done. We talked about the word capacity because what we're talking about bigger on the inside, what is your capacity? The dictionary says it's the maximum amount that something can contain, the ability or power to do, experience, or understand something. Another translation says an individual's mentality or physical ability. And also we would add our spiritual ability. Thomas Edison said if we did all the things we're capable of, we would literally astound ourselves. <laughs> we would surprise ourselves if we began to do half the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's true. So today's message is entitled, Maximize Your 24. Anybody can guess where that's going? I got a friend, which shall remain, remain nameless, 
But every time, we don't hang out much anymore, and you'll see why. Because every time I'd ask him to go do something, oh, man, I can't. I'm busy. I'm covered up. You know, I got this going on. I got that. Well, are you coming over for the holidays? Can't make it, man. I'm, you know, I'm doing this, and I don't got myself involved. You know, my boss, and you know, excuse after excuse, can never do anything. Just covered up all the time. And especially covered up when it came to doing anything for God. You know what I mean? Hey, we got an outreach, or we got this, and oh, man. He whips out that list of excuses. Can't make it because of this, 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 and this, and this. You know? Well, I, I tried to tell him. I said, one day I just got fed up. I said, you know what? Everybody's got the same 24. We all have 24 hours in a day. And nobody, I, last I checked, you wasn't in Egypt. <laughs> Nobody's telling you what to do with your 24. You make the decisions about your own life. And as far as I remember, we all got 24 hours. I remember one exception in the Bible uh, when Joshua was whooping up on the Ammonites in uh, Genesis 10, I think it was. He asked God for more time, and God let the sun stay in the sky an extra length of time so he could finish whooping up on the enemy. But for the rest of us, on a typical day, we got how many? We got 24. <clears throat> so how do we maximize those 24. Because uh, I got a video of my friend. Can somebody get those lights real quick? I got a, a video of my friend. I asked him to come uh, to our Christmas party. This is him here. <coughs> there you are, honey. You can make snow angels later. You can't be late for the hubilation. Now, ah! those who's inviting me down now on such short notice. Even if I wanted to go, my schedule wouldn't allow it. Four o'clock, wallow in self-pity. Four-thirty, stare into the abyss. Five o'clock, solve world hunger. Tell no one. Five-thirty, jazzercise. 6.30, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. 7 o'clock, wrestle with myself. Loathing. I'm booked. Of course, if I bump the loathing to 9, I could still be done in time to lay in bed, stare at the ceiling, and slip slowly into madness. But what would I wear? Dress, it's a kilt! Sicko! Stupid. Ugly. Out of date. This is ridiculous. If I can't find something nice to wear, I'm not going. Said I'm not going. <laughs> Does anybody have a friend like that? <laughs> I'm the only one. 
John, I ain't going to tell them it's you. <laughs> but uh, I know what it's like to be busy. You know what busy stands for, B-U-S-Y, being under Satan's yoke. You know, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Uh, when I was a young man, when I, uh, I guess I was 20 years old, 19 years old, my second year of college, I got a scholarship, I moved scholarships from Mississippi and came up to play baseball at Shelby State, which was a junior college in Memphis. And uh, I was taking a full load of classes, and I was playing baseball, and I had a job. Then I got a job at night working at FedEx from 11 at night to 3 in the morning, you know, one of those part-time jobs at the hub. <coughs> and so I was working then, working at night and getting a couple hours rest before I'd go take 15 hours worth of classes a week and then go to baseball practice. And on the days after baseball practice, two or three days a week, I had a band practice, which I was playing in a rock and roll band back then. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was partying. So my schedule, I know what it's like to have a full schedule, and I did that for quite some period of time. And some people might say, well, hey, you were maximizing your capacity. <laughs> I was maximizing myself out. I wore myself completely out doing that. Broke something, too. I ended up, I flunked out of college. I sucked at baseball. I really ended up with nothing left to show for myself but a part-time job, you know, trying to make enough money to continue my partying. I, yeah, I did learn to play a little bit. but See, God knows when we're going through those seasons that he's, still, he's trying to work something else in us, you know, even during that time. So he knows what he's doing. I, I, I marvel how patient God is. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever saw that you want somebody to change right now? You got kids and you don't, want them, you don't want them to go through nothing. You want the answer. You want success in their life. You want to see it all right now. And God's like 20 years later, you're like, Lord, are you you're listening to my prayers? He is extremely patient. God is extremely patient. But you can know that all things are working together for your good. And I don't know where I got off on that. but So you can be too busy. We all know that laziness is not going to get us anywhere. But we can be too busy. We can be like a hamster on a wheel leading to nowhere, just running, running, running. And when you get through, you're still just as small on the inside as when you got on the wheel. We have to be careful because people, we're, we're not that bright. To be honest. Some of us, I know people who've lived their whole life and never thought about, what am I doing? Why am I here? Somebody just tells them this is what to do, and they go do it. For 50, 60 years, they just do it. Somebody made money off that slogan. But our God is a God of plans, and he has designs and us being busy is not his plan or his design. Us being lazy is not his plan or, or design either. So what do we do? Well, next week, I'm going to talk about how we grow our capacity, you know, being bigger on the inside. How do we, well, how do we grow our ability to do and take on and be successful at more? 
But this week, we're simply going to discuss practical things that we can do to maximize the time that we have, the ability that we have right now, and the resources available to us at this moment. Does that make sense? We'll talk about how to expand all those things and grow bigger on the inside, but the first thing you need to do is grow bigger with what you got. Is that making any sense? Turn to Ecclesiastes, the 10th chapter, verse 10. You're probably going to think I made this up, but I want you to see it in the Word of God for yourself. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 10, it'll be on the screen for you. Verse 10, it says, Using a dull axe requires great strength. Anybody ever tried to cut a tree down with a dull axe? <laughs> Joe's like, yeah. So sharpen the blade. There's an idea. <laughs> That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. Something as simple as sharpen the blade. Some of us aren't the sharpest tools in the tool shed, right? Somebody needs to tell you, hey, you might want to sharpen that, you know? But as simple as it may sound, when you put wisdom in, into to your eyes and goes down into your heart and you plant the seeds of wisdom in your heart, guess what comes out? Success. God's kind of success in your life. God works everything from the inside out. Have you noticed that? That's why it takes him a long time sometimes. <laughs> because he could just do external stuff. You know, he could set up situations and, and, and make it, put a Band-Aid on our, our real inner stuff and just make us successful temporarily. But if he doesn't fix the inside, what's going to happen? We're going to stay the way we are, and if we had a, a million dollars and weren't big enough on the inside to know what to do with it, we'd lose it right away, and we'd go right back. That's why you see people win the lottery, and they think, I'm going to be rich, and, and then five years later, they're in worse financial shape than they were when they won the lottery because they, not got, they, did, they weren't big enough on the inside. That's why you see people, that, you know, they have, they're an overnight success. I was watching a 30, 30, 30 for 30 show last night about sports, about John Daly, and... Uh, Phenomenal talent, but wasn't big enough on the inside to handle success, and he admitted that. But that's not God's plan for us. See, John Daly, I don't know if he knows God the way we do. <laughs> Psalms 119.32 says this, I will pursue your commands, for you expand or maximize my understanding. See, that's what God wants to do, make us bigger. He wants to expand your understanding. Proverbs 3.13 says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. So we want wisdom and understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. So where does that come from? Knowledge and understanding. I like the, the term there, length of days. Is length of days the same thing as long life? I thought, well, that just means you live a long life because it says length of days. But then I got to studying it, and if you look up 
In Proverbs 3, verse 2, it says, For length of days and long life and peace shall they add unto thee if you keep the Lord's commands. So it's two different things right there in the same verse. Length of days and long life. I, kinda, I don't know about you if this is a correct interpretation. Tell me what you think. But I think length of days means more quality in the hours that you're given. Better hours. Long life, we know what that means. You live to a ripe old age or whatever. But length of days means just like Joshua we talked about. He needed some extra hours to get the job done. And sometimes we don't necessarily need uh, real hours. We just need better management of our hours that we have to have length of days, to get the job done, time management. You know, God loves to organize. He's a God of order. That's why they, they can tell that there's a creator. There's so much order in everything that he created. How the moon, you know, revolves around the earth just right, and how the earth revolves around the sun, the distances and the, the way the oceans only come up so far, and how he sets boundaries. Everything that God does is amazing. The most amazing thing I think I could possibly fathom is those crazy people who think there is no God after looking at the stars. The Bible says right there in black and white, it's a fool that says in their heart there is no God. You almost have to, either you, you're, you are just totally foolish or you're so in love with darkness that you just won't admit there's light. Because the, you look at the working of the human eye, how I can look at Joe one minute and then look at the back of the room and my eyes will focus faster than a camera. And how it, it moisturizes itself by blinking and how it keeps out stuff with the little fuzzy things called eyelashes. Think about the workings of an eye, how it, it works as a camera how it dilates, and all the things for darkness. and It's amazing. Don't let, let's not even get into the inner workings of the human body, but God is real. He's a God of order. And there's no way you can maximize your ability without organizing. So we're talking about practical things, right? So tonight we're going to talk about a practical thing called organization. <laughs> Oh, boy, I'm with you, Pastor. Oh. 1 Corinthians 14, 40 says, Be sure that everything is done properly and in order. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. He likes harmony. Remember when I played that guitar and then I untuned it, detuned it? <laughs> it's like, huh, that's not of God. No, harmony. You know, God is a God of beautiful harmony and Jesus was like that you know when when he uh fed the 5,000 and fed the 4,000 in one place it said he's told them to sit down in groups of 50 he was organizing things when he set his disciples out to preach the gospel he sent them out two by two and he told them how to do it God Jesus was a, a when he was down here was a God of order there's a quote that says for every minute spent organizing an hour is earned for every minute you get an hour it's worth it it's worth it to organize a guy named a.a. A. milne said this 
Organizing is what you do before you do something so that when you do it, it's not all mixed up. That was a pretty simple quote, but it's pretty right. You need to organize before you do something new. And what we're going to talk about tonight is organizing the stuff we already have, the things that we're already doing. Organizing is simply putting things where they belong. It's not a difficult definition, is it? How many likes things out of order? Some of you are saying, yeah, if you come to my house, you would think I do. <laughs> if you come to my house, you would think we do too. But. but when you put things where they belong, then you begin to find out what things don't belong. That's how you begin to weed out the things in your life that's not supposed to be there. You know, uh, this week, Angie's been telling me, my computer's running awful slow, and she's trying to... Uh, scan something and send it off to Montgomery and stuff. And she said, it ain't even working. She's calling me and texting me. And, and so I, when I got a chance yesterday, I spent like three hours on it. I didn't, I'm not a computer guy by any stretch of the imagination. If anybody needs to help us out, y'all come on. We would welcome it. But I got in there and I started punching buttons and, and went to, you know, websites asking how to clean up a computer. And I just did everything. And let's see, I wrote it down. I deleted some unused programs. I tried to take care of some virus stuff. I freed up memory space. But guess what? Now that computer is starting up, man. It, it, it has all kind of things running in the background, you know, when you start it up and that you don't know about when you put new programs and stuff in there. Clutter just begins to happen. Now, you've noticed that in your family, in your house, in your garage. You buy one thing and then you end up buying 47 items to support that one thing. You know, that's just the initial expense of buying the motorcycle. Then you got to buy the oil, and then you got to buy the place to put it, and the cover, and the, and the helmet, and the gloves, and the pants, and the shirt. Before you know it, your whole house is a motorcycle house or something, you know? And so you, you got all this clutter. And so when I began to dig around in there, I began to realize all these things were running in the background on the startup. It's things that she's not even using. It's just slowing things down and, and keeping her from maximizing her computer speed. So I, took, I undid them, got them out of there. Now it's maximized. We all just need to have a good garage sale every now and then. Really? As I've gotten older, I have learned... It's more fun getting rid of stuff than it was buying it. <laughs> it really is. You know, I went through the phase where I had to have two of everything. I thought I had to have a, a motorcycle and a boat and a, and a truck and all these things, and I realized I don't have time for all this. I was, I was spending all my time maintenance and everything. It was just overkill. Then I realized, okay, well, let's just... Let's just do one thing at a time. Let's sell the boat and keep the motorcycle or vice versa. You know, let's do one thing at a time. Let's, let's do hunting this year, and then maybe next year I'll go into boating or something. And so that was smart, you know. But uh, what was I going to say before I interrupted myself? Oh, and then, then I went through the phase where I said, well, I'm just going to box everything. And you start trying to buy shelves and storage boxes 
And most of you got them under your beds and in your closets, and now you got a bunch of extra boxes because of your last garage sale. It's just stuff. And it's, sometimes stuff can slow us down. Am I, am I going to get amen out of all that? <laughs> it might be stuff that you used to use. You might have used to really love it, like that old shake weight or the bowling ball with your name on it or whatever. I mean, it used to be your favorite. But, but listen, hoarders. <laughs> <clears throat> sometimes we got to even let go of old traditions too I mean things that you used to do that your family loved and now the dad's got to get his belt out to make the kids do it because they're grown now they don't want to do it anymore you know old family traditions and stuff that you you've stuck with you know God he's always on the move that's why we have on our sign back there genuine passionate and relevant. We have to be relevant to, to meet the needs of the people today. What we did 20 years ago, you know, we could still be in here with one of those machines where you put the, the transparency on it, and we did one slide at a time, and somebody's over here doing this the whole... Well, but we moved into the 20th century, you know? <clears throat> uh, Pastor Paul used to always tell the story about the lady who was fixing like a, a dinner or something, and the little girl said, Mama, why do you always cut the ends off the roast? And she would have this big roast, and she would cut the ends of it off and throw the meat away. And she said, oh, I don't know. That's the way my mama told me to do it. And so next time she saw her grandmama, she said, Grandmama, why do y'all cut the ends off the roast? She said, I don't know. That's the way my mama did it. So next time she saw her great-grandmama, she said, Grandmama, why... Why do y'all cut the ends off the roast? She says, oh, honey child, I don't do that anymore. That was back when I had a short pan. It wouldn't fit in there unless you cut. <clears throat> y'all don't remember Pastor Paul telling that? <clears throat> but a lot of the, the traditions that we're doing is old school, man. Get with it. Because everything you say yes to, Everything that you say yes to in your life means you have to say no to something else. Let's talk about your time for a minute. When you say yes to the Christmas party, that means you got to say no to hanging out with so-and-so because you can't be two places at once. You only have so much time, so much resources. Jesus, he knew how to say no. He told people no. He told one woman, he said, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. You know, this ain't my, my business. I know what I'm here to do. He, he understood what you call purpose. He knew that it, to get to the big, to the place where everybody could get saved, to get to the big place that God, it, you know, put him on the earth to do, he must start with a narrow focus. You know, a big oak tree starts with a small acorn. You got, to, you got to focus in. He didn't focus on the multitudes. He focused on the 12 disciples. Now, he didn't forget the multitudes, but, but his focus was on the 12 because he knew one day he would be gone. 
Jesus said, I only do what I've seen my father do. And that little seed here on the earth, Jesus has produced an eternal harvest for millions, billions of people. Because he stayed true to what the father told him to do. He believed in God's plan and, and he stuck with that. What do we really need to do that's not God's plan? What are the things that, man, they're so important to us, but maybe God's not in them at all? It's time for a garage sale. My brother, he, my brother, he used to ask me, he used to say I was always into having more and more, like I said. And he would say, man, it's, you need to work on quality instead of quantity, you know, he would go and get him a new vehicle or something. He, was always, he always gets new stuff. Well, I'm still old school, man. I'm from Whitehaven. You know, if there's a, junk, a pile of junk on the side of the road, I'm probably still going to stop and go look through it, you know, even today. I can't, I can't help it, you know. I still stop at the pawn shops. You know, I grew up in the pawn shops. And so if he's got one new vehicle, I'm going to have eight junk vehicles. You know, for the same price. I'm thinking, I can get more, you know. But he would always argue with me. Where, when does, when does quantity ever outdo quality? And man, I would sit, and he would have me stumped on that. Because I would say, well, and he would, he would say, look at it in this light. And I would say, and so I find myself today really grasping hold of that concept. Quality is better than quantity. Quality, because, you know, like sermons and stuff. Man, God will give me so many ideas, and I can write them down, and it can be like, <sighs> and I, but God shows me there's no way that you're going to hold their attention for four and a half hours. You're going to have to cut it down. And a lot of that's fluff that you're just adding. And so I keep cutting and cutting, and when I write stories for the newspapers or when I write songs or whatever I'm doing, What's the key to a good song like that one you wrote that we're going to play Sunday? You said that you had other verses you wanted, you wanted to make it bigger, but what God tell you? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. To the point. The, get all the fat off of it and get it down to something that's going to mean something. Every little piece. That's what, that's what the goal is. So I spend my life cutting down sermons and stories and songs and and having garage sales and trying to get rid of stuff. The problem is, is every time I have a garage sale, somebody down the street's having one, so we just swap junk, you know? <laughs> I can't stop going to garage sales. I'm telling on myself now. <laughs> They've probably got more of my stuff, and I got all their stuff. We just should have switched houses. John 15. <laughs> John 15, 2 says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. See, God's not afraid to cut stuff off, and we don't need to be either. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit. What things in your life are not producing fruit? And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You see what I'm saying? So, so I have a sermon, and it's big, and it could produce fruit, but he's going to prune it 
so that it'll produce more because you only have a limited amount of attention span. Right? You have to narrow things down and get to the point, please. That's what you're saying right now, Pastor. Please. <laughs> Jesus did not live a long life on the earth. But I think all of us would agree that he lived a quality life. <laughs> there was no fluff in his day. So we're going to talk about priorities just for a moment. Are you using your capacity that you currently have for your best eternal purpose? What God could use you for right now, or is he able to? And how would you list your priorities? Anybody want to take a stab at that? What are your priorities? What are the things that are important? How would you list them? It's a trick, Pastor. Ain't no way I'm answering. It is a trick, huh? Mm -hmm. Really, you could stop right there. That's my philosophy. You could stop right there. <laughs> because we go through seasons in our life where the main thing always changes. You know, at first... The main thing in your life might have been finding a spouse. Then the main thing might have been getting rid of the spouse. No. <laughs> finding a spouse. Then you, then you main thing is, is having kids. Then you go through a season in your life where you're trying to raise kids. And that could be the main thing in your... Now, we know, I'm, I'm not saying that God is not always the main thing, but I'm saying... Other priorities in your life are going to change. You're going to go through seasons. You're going to have the good time when your kids grow up, about where I'm fixing to get in not too long. They'll be gone, and we'll have the empty nest season. You know, we're going through seasons. The thing to do is not come up with some black and white, okay, God's first, then my family, then the church, then this, and, the, and, and I've heard all that, and that's well-meaning. But the thing to do is just let God be first. And if you'll seek God first, all the other things will be added unto you. Seek God first, he'll show you what to put, spend your time on. He'll show you what to spend your money on, your resources. He'll show you where you best could be used. What do you do if two competing things are going on, two people ask you to come to something at the same time? God will show you how to best use your resources in the time that you're living because we all live in a state of flux. This is living, moving pieces everywhere we look. It doesn't say, stay the same. Your, your question today is not going to be the same as your question yesterday. Does that make sense? But if Jesus is the center of your wheel, then you're never going to get out of balance. He's going to keep you smooth through all the different seasons that you live. He'll show you how to do it. There may be a season where you're really concentrating on your children. But then there might turn around right at that be a series where you're really concentrating on your spouse. Because they have different needs at different times and so forth. Martha versus Mary. Martha thought she was doing good. She had good intentions and she was. She was trying to do the right thing. But Jesus says there's something better. Mary couldn't go wrong. Mary could not have done anything wrong by sitting at the feet of Jesus. He said, well, she should have got up and helped clean too. 
But there's something more important than cleaning, something more important than cooking. And I'm sure she would do her share. After, after she got up and got away from Jesus, I'm sure she would have been so excited she would have done more than her share. But at that time, there, there's a thing about seeking ye the kingdom of God first. First, and it'll keep the wheel rolling smooth. Maybe you're emphasizing things in your life right now that God is putting no emphasis on all, at all. Maybe you're still holding on to dead baggage, things. Maybe even relationships. And you're, you're giving all your energy to dead things. Maybe you just need a, a, a fresh word from God. Because see, man, things are going to change. We're living on the battlefield. You know, in basic training, you know, they can set up the scenarios and it'll work the same way every day. But once you get out there on the battlefield, it's a whole different thing. You adapt and overcome on the battlefield. Isn't that right? You have to do what it takes at the moment. And boy, you sure need Jesus in the foxhole with you. Here's some things I thought I'd add since we have 12 minutes left. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. That's just a, that's a trap. Don't, don't worry if your TV ain't a 65-inch. It's only a 60. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You can still see it. <laughs> Stop people-pleasing. Stop trying to look good in everybody's sight. That's a hard thing for a pastor because you want everybody to like you and you want everybody to come to the church and everything, but then sometimes God tells you to say something that you're thinking, they ain't going to like me at all. <laughs> so am I going to do what God says to do or am I going to worry about what you think? You, got to, you know, life is a lot simpler when you only play to an audience of one. I mean, it just takes all the weight of everything in life off to know that if God said it, I'll just do it, and I'm not going to argue. Man, it just makes life simple. <clears throat> Jesus wasn't a people pleaser. He wasn't trying to keep up with the Joneses being born in a manger. Everybody would have said, Jesus, what are you doing, man? Get up out of there. We got a big old palace. We can move Herod smooth out and put you in there. Jesus like, oh, I got it. And I want them shepherds to be the first to see me. I ain't worried about highfalutin, high society and all that kind of stuff. I come for the common man. I'm just one of you. Jesus is good. Another thing we can do is receive help. Us men folks are really bad. No, I got it. No. No, I got it. I got it. I, <clears throat> I remember we moved, like I was telling partner over there, when I moved from Olive Branch, you know, I didn't even want to ask anybody to help me load the 18-wheeler worth of all my stuff <laughs> up, you know. I almost killed myself. And that's a real word, K-I-L-T. I almost <laughs> killed myself trying to load that 18-wheeler up. 
Well, I got some friends from work, and they came over, and they helped me get some of it loaded. And I was feeling so bad that they were doing work, you know, on their Saturday off. And so I said, y'all go, I got it. It was only halfway loaded. And I was a lot younger back then. Receive some help. Some of you will go help anybody else, but won't receive any help yourself. Outsource some things. I'm just trying to give you some practical wisdom, is that all right? Outsource some things. Okay, so you've got just about everything covered, but every time it's time to do the clothes or something, it throws your whole schedule off, whackers. Well, hire somebody to come do your clothes. Practical wisdom now. Some of us are doing things that long ago nobody does that anymore. You hire somebody, you pay for that, or it's no, if, you know, giving your funds to somebody else to do it, and it saves you time, peace of mind, that's a practical thing to do. Pay somebody, outsource some things. You don't have to do everything the way, because you always have. Don't cut the ends off for all the roast. <laughs> Another thing is to know your limitations, know your abilities, know your personality, uh, so that you can, you can arrange your schedule and so forth. Where, say if you're a morning person, well, schedule more things in the morning. Boy, if by the afternoon you, you, all you want to do is sit in a lounge chair, well, don't schedule all your house chores and stuff in the afternoon. Know what kind of uh, personality that you have and play on your strengths. And don't, don't make yourself uncomfortable by always uh, challenging every weakness that you have. If that makes any sense. With regards to finances, I'll just say one quick scripture. Uh, Proverbs 11.24 in the Message Translation says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Maximized. What do you do with the finances? You got a limited amount of finances or whatever? You got to be good stewards of God's manifold grace in your life? Just be generous. And your world will get bigger and bigger. Your financial world will get bigger and bigger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Grow bigger on the inside. Jesus said it's what? More blessed to give than receive. Don't hold on to it. Don't be like, can you put it all in the casket with me when I go? <laughs> you know, you don't mind if I write a check, do you? <laughs> Have a plan for your time and finances, or you'll end up with neither. Have you noticed if you don't have a plan for your money, it, it comes in and then it goes out? <laughs> you don't know where it went. It's like, but if you have a plan, you can put it to work. Same way with your time. You know, write, have a schedule. Write, it, write a calendar. Have a plan for your life, for your finances, for your time. Write these things down and make sense of them. Man, sometimes if you'll just write something down and look at it and you'll say, that's why I'm always grumpy on Thursdays. Look at my schedule. Or, or that's why we can't afford to, to, to pay the bill because we're doing this right before that and then we have plenty afterward. You know, common sense things. Write your stuff down and then take a look at it so you can see it objectively. 
Pastor Vickers says we should always keep the why before us. Why are we doing what we do? Why, do we, why are we really doing it? Pastor Vickers, he pastored, he, if you don't know him, he's my pastor, and he's uh, the head pastor of the Passion Church in all locations, and I'm the campus pastor here, so he's my boss, and he's my pastor, and he, he started the Passion Church uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, and it grew to several thousand. And then at one point, he left, and he moved to, like, California or something and left somebody in charge of the Passion Church for, for many years. Well, the several thousand ended up shrinking down to, like, several hundred when they called him back and said, can you come back? So he came back, and when he got there, <coughs> he was wise enough just to observe for a minute and see what was going on and look at the way things were being handled. And... On the outside, with the untrained eye, you would think, man, this church is doing everything that they can. They've got programs going. They've got this. They've got Mother's Day out. They've got uh, men's and women's groups. They've got uh, small groups. They, man, they're just doing stuff all the time. They're going nonstop. Why are they not growing? It doesn't make any sense. So Pastor Vickers began to talk to the, to the leaders. Everybody seemed wore out, tired, beat down frustrated. None of them could give an answer to why they were doing what they were doing. So you know what Pastor Vickers did? He said, here's what we're going to do. We're cutting everything out except Sunday morning services, including child care on Sunday and everything. We're just going to have meet as a church on Sunday morning. The leaders were indignant. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? That's my job. That's what I do. And so they just got mean and vicious, you know, like arguing. But this is, you're taking away my, you know, my calling and all this. He said, but you can't even tell me why you're doing it. They couldn't say, they, 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 they didn't understand that there was a vision. They had lost sight of why they were doing what they were doing. So they just went back to Sunday services. No men's and women's fellowships. They just met on Sunday. They got back to the basics. And then, as, as he saw fit, then they began to add programs back, but with an understanding that we're doing things, understanding the why and understanding the purpose and understanding that we're going to be intentional and it's by design and God has got to lead this thing. We can't just throw a bunch of things together and say, I hope somebody comes and God not even be in it. Maybe. Most of you guys, I'm sure, probably got things pretty well under control in your personal lives and stuff. You're the kind of people that come here on a Wednesday night. But if you, if you don't, or even if you do, we can all get bigger with where we're at, right? Maybe there's just some things that you just hadn't thought of it objectively in a long time. You need to write down all the things that you're doing and see if there's a why behind it. See if it's worth keep doing. See, the why always needs to be Jesus. And his purpose and plan for your life. Is it getting you to where God needs you to be? If you're overworked, you're stressed, you're worn out, you're not doing it right. 
If, if you're beat down, you're not doing something right. You've probably got more stuff on your schedule and on your plate than God intended because Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, if you would just stay with him, you would never be overworked. You would never be stressed out. You may, you may work hard, but the, you'll have fruit of your labor. And you'll see success. <clears throat> Jesus is our Sabbath rest. God is the one that initiated on the seventh day we, we should rest. If, you, if you're so busy that you can't take a day off, you, you can't schedule a vacation, you have no time to be alone with God, then you're just too busy. You are under Satan's yoke. He's got you where he wants you. You have to manage time. You can't let it rule you. You have, to, you have your own 24, and you have to take charge of that. But you say, but my, my, my boss, he's a... Some of you may need to pray about getting a new job because your boss is not supposed to be your Lord. Now, I'm not, boy, I can see five uh, women coming to me uh, next week. My husband quit his job because of what you said. <laughs> There's a big difference in. in you know, getting good rest and being lazy. Never be lazy about kingdom business. We really, if we got a big perspective, if we begin to see things from a higher perspective and we're bigger people, and we were bigger on the inside, we would really begin to truly see what matters. And it's kingdom business first, really. Luke 30, 13, 32, Jesus said when they tried to intimidate him and and to go into hiding instead of doing his kingdom business. He said, go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will accomplish my purpose. I don't care what that fox says. Ain't nobody scaring me out of my kingdom purpose. I will, I will accomplish my purpose. And if you'll pray, if you will, God will guide you every step of the way. He'll make you bigger on the inside. Say, I'm going to maximize my 24. God gave them to you. God gave them to you. Do something with them. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.